The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! I mean the room that's not the kitchen, 
just so you can know what we're talking about. Anyway, the way to get in touch with us is you can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. If you text us, 214-210-8483 during the show, we'll be able to see your text. If there's something you want us to share, or if you want to answer Bible trivia, whatever the case may be, we will do our best. If you call that number, nothing will happen. So don't call that number. You can also, by the way, during the show, email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Once again, because it does work on my Chromebook, david at hemustincrease.org, which leads us to the website, which is very important. I really appreciate some people stepping in, giving a little bit extra. It's been a great blessing, so I say thank you to all those. And to those people that are considering it or thinking about it, we want you to go to the website, check it out, check out the audio, check out the video, check out some of the material that's written on there. On the website is an opportunity to give. There's also an opportunity to look at a kitchen sink. So we try to give you all of it. That we'd ask you to go to hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie artichoke. So here's the bottom line. What we're going to do is we're just going to encourage you as a body of believers to be praying for the people that you know about in this radio audience. So we don't get to hear from everybody all the time. Some people don't text, so they listen and they don't call in. They don't want to do the texting thing. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be praying for them because you haven't heard their voice lately. One of the things that I do that might help you pray for the audience is say when you're praying to the Lord, Lord, I lift up the radio audience. He knows everybody that's in it, every person that's hearing it, and he's the one that we're trying to direct our prayers to and committing our supplications to and giving our application, our request, so to speak, and that's how you do it. You don't have to name everybody individually. God knows everybody's name. That's what's awesome about God. So be praying for everybody that's in the audience. That is really important, an important thing to do. Keep in mind, we're going to be doing this from the house today and tomorrow, and then on Monday. Because Dave's got the clearance, as far as I know. There could be one little switcher on that, but I don't think so. But Dave's got the clearance. I will be back in the studio on Monday, and it will be kind of a regular show, so you'll be able to call in, you'll be able to text in. Uh, but we're doing our best to accommodate everybody, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I will tell you that today at 5 o'clock I have my first physical therapy, and so we want that to go very well. I don't really expect anything other than for them to say, you know, stop lifting your leg so much. <laughs> That's what I expect them to tell me. <laughs> I expect them not to say increase your activity. I expect them to say decrease your activity. But then again, that's me. Uh, let's get into the text. As you know, on Thursdays, we'll typically do a sound with it. I think Chris will skip the sound because I'm going to go right into it. We are in First Thessalonians. The last time we uh, talked about this passage, we were st- we started at First Thessalonians 4.13. That's how we ended. We're going to use that verse to launch in to verse, uh, we're going to use 13 to launch into 14. It says this, We do not want any of you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. We talked about that the other week. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, 
in the same way, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Now, a lot of us, a lot of us will are aware and believe with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our might, that Jesus rose from the dead. And so we anticipate that day that we are forward in the Lord, seeing him face to face, okay? But what you must remember, and one of the great blessings of that resurrection of Jesus Christ and of that relationship with Jesus Christ, is every person who has genuinely believed that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that he died on the cross for our sins, he was buried, and three days later he rose again. If they confess that, if they've they've confessed that with their mouth and they believe that in their heart, when Jesus comes back, the resurrection of all these people will take place. You want to hear an absolutely bizarre but most peculiar and cool thought? You will see people resurrected that either you didn't know were Christians, have always wondered about. In fact, at some point, you're going to see all the people of God. You're going to see all the people. You'll get a chance, by the way, to see King David. You'll get a chance to see Paul. You'll get a chance to see Daniel. Everybody who's fallen asleep in the Lord, the Lord is going to bring with them those who have fallen asleep in him. Won't that be an exciting day? Listen to this. Won't that be an exciting moment when the resurrection takes place for people that we've read about, known about? We believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way through Jesus. God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Oh, hallelujah. You're going to get to meet Job, and then you're just going to look at him, shake his hand, and go, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing, dude, because that is what we've got to look forward to. It is a resurrection through Jesus, but Typically, we forget there is this hall of fame of faith of people in the Bible that you and I are brothers and sisters with, that we are relatives with, we're connected to them. And when we're talking about the resurrection and we're talking about stepping into eternity and we're talking about the graciousness of our eternal life, these people that the Lord has used to bless us and guide us and teach us and even correct us and even corrected them for our sake— They will be your brothers and your sisters. You and I will be in this group that said, yes, I surrender, Jesus. I repent of my sins. I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you to live in my heart by faith. I ask you to pour your Holy Spirit into me. I pray unto you and call unto you and cry unto you and ask for your graciousness in my life. I surrender to you as Lord and Savior. By doing that, you have inherited a family that is most amazing and that we'll be sharing with one another, we hope, for all eternity. However God sets it up, that's the way it's going to be. But isn't that a fun thought to think about? All right, as we exit, I'll just make clear that I am having a physical therapy check today, not a mental therapy. So let me say hello to Al on that one. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. is the David Spoon Experience. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my privilege in my past. I've been a Christian for a short time, only about 40 years. But when I was in my first year, I had a chance to meet James Robeson, who had a chance to pray for my brother and myself. Uh, very helpful at a very needful time as we were fighting our way out of a Christian cult. And uh, he prayed for clarity. And uh, it was just a pastor's gathering in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I have the privilege again of interviewing one of what, what I consider to be one of the great men of God who are still with us on this planet. And I just want to give a wholehearted welcome and open door and open heart to James Robeson. Uh, thank you, sir, for being a part of our show and a part of our audience. Well, David, it's a pleasure to join with you, and I'm grateful that praying together was uh, meaningful to you and a very important part and point in your life. So just joy to be with you and your listeners. Now, David, can I just download what I believe is the heart of our Heavenly Father to your listeners for a few minutes? Yes, please, by all means. When I spoke to the leaders before the election, and I talked about the need, this is in Washington, there were nearly 2,000 pastors and church leaders there. And I said, I'm telling you, there are people right now who are being captivated by the Jesus they see in some of our lives. And I said, listen to me. We have a fatherless nation, desperately in need of a father. If we, as believers, as Christians, who have the perfect father, if we would show people clearly what the family of the perfect father looks like, I believe the fatherless would run to the father and the father's house. And I believe that. I said that to the president of the United States. I said, sir, your children say you're a good father. Eric Trump happened to be sitting by me when I first said that. Eric said, he's a great father. I said, well, he may be, but that doesn't mean he's flawless. I do believe that we need a father, and I believe we can pray and God can raise up people that have a father's heart. And so I began to emphasize the church revealing what the father's like. Now, listen to me. We as believers comprise the body of Christ, the body of born-again, baptized into Christ believers who are born from above. We have a perfect Heavenly Father who reveals His will. He's not willing that any should perish. He said, you call on me and I'll heal your land. Now listen to me. Christian believers, we're not looking for a champion. We've got one. He's the only one that rides the white horse. We're not looking for a king. We have a king. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, that's Jesus. He holds kings in his hand. Our king, our shepherd, our father said, come to me as my family, and you ask me to heal your land in desperate need of healing. You come in humility. You come knowing I'm the only one, and I can use imperfect vessels to accomplish my perfect will. I always have. I always will. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN. 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your very first trivia question. Here we go. On the, on the heels of yesterday's trivia question, here is this one. What idol did Aaron craft for the Israelites to worship? In other words, Aaron crafted an idol for the Israelites to worship while Moses was away. What was that idol? 
What was it? All right. Al stepping in before anybody else. Very good job, my brother. Very good job. Here is uh, the question that you got to answer. If you think you know the answer, you can text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Plus, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Here's the question. What idol, what was it that Aaron crafted for the Israelites to worship? Let me know if you think you know. In the meantime, we're going to do our DNA because we like to do it and think it's important. The D stands for something, the N stands for something, and the A stands for something. Here's what it is. D stands for draw closer to the Lord Daily, which doesn't mean that you visit God on Sunday mornings and tell him everything's okay, like you're checking in with your parents because you stayed out too late. What it has to do with is you spending quality relationship time. So when God came into the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day, which for those who don't know is the evening time in the Hebrew language, he would come to fellowship. That's what God wants from you. That's what Jesus reestablished, the ability to fellowship with God on a regular basis. N stands for never be ashamed of Jesus or his words, no matter what happens, no matter what you do or don't understand. It doesn't matter how people in the press or on, in the Internet or on the radio, how they twist the word of God. It doesn't matter. God's word stands sure. God created the universe. The dude can write a book. Just stand with that. And A, always be ready. To serve. you got to be ready to serve, which means that you're not just focused on yourself. The, I think it's the hardest thing to do is to wake up, and you typically you'll take like an got going on that day, either right away or when the coffee hits, and then you'll start thinking about these different things. It would be so much more powerful in the kingdom of God if you woke up to the Lord, what would you have me do today? That 10-second prayer we used to talk about, all you got to do to start the day right. What would you have me do today? That will make you more sensitive to the Lord and aware of other people as he likes you and I to minister to others, to love one another the way that we've been loved. All right, so a last thing on the trivia question, who crafted an idol for the Israelite? I'm not sorry, not who crafted. What idol did Aaron craft for the Israelites to worship? What idol was it? What uh, what kind of thing came out of there? That's the question. In the meantime, we're going back to the text because I am so excited to talk to you about this. Let's go back, and I want you to follow this. This is really cool. Absolutely fascinating. I'll never do it justice, nor will any other human being ever. The First Thessalonians chapter 4, we're picking up at verse 14 and going right through 15 and 16, and uh, that's pretty much about it, 15 and 16. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Now, I know there's eschatological discussions about that. Fine. Let's see. When it happens, it happens. Awesome. And it says this, for we say this to you by a word from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. God doesn't forget anybody ever. God does not skip 
people. God, God doesn't go, well, I think I'll have these people raised, but those people can stay sleeping, and we don't care about these people. It doesn't work that way. We're all one big family. We have one Heavenly Father. We are blood relatives through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we drink from one fountain the Holy Spirit of God. That unity that everybody talks about fighting to keep, it's something that we have to keep because we already have it in the Father, in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit, when we walk out of it, it just means the flesh has taken advantage of us. Now listen to this in verse 16. I'm just going to say something that's going to fly in the face of a lot of eschatology. You don't have to agree with this, but you certainly have to review it in your heart and mind. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the archangel, archangel's voice, archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. I just want you to hear what's being said. Here's the, the Lord's going to come, and there's going to be a shout, right? Then the archangel's voice, then the trumpet of God. And when we talk about it on this show, we usually go, doo, 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 like that's we're waiting for the trumpet, right? But what is so cool, listen to this, is that it is more likely that when the Lord is in that process of returning, though it probably all happens together, and I concede that, but it is more likely that you will know first through your ears and then through your eyes. Because there are three components in verse 16. There is the shout from the Lord himself, the archangel's voice, and the trumpet of God. All of those are something that you and I hear. We hear with our ears. The Lord is returning, and your ears will go, ding, 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 time. Time's up. Yay. Okay. Kind of like when the cake is done in the oven. What do you hear? What do you know? How do you know the cake is done? The buzzer goes off. Oh, time to get the cake. Right? There are a few people that just stand there and watch it. Although there are some people. But the bottom line is you are going to know that the Lord returns. You're going to have your ears be a part of that. You think, well, that's kind of silly. I know, but it's fun. It's cool. Because if you think about it, you're going to hear it then you're going to see it. That's actually how Jesus taught his disciples things would take place. He said, you know, after these things take place, you're going to remember what I've told you about these things. In other words, I spoke it to you first, and then it came about. So the important part of that is to grasp that the Lord is coming. There's no question about his return, and he is coming himself. The verse 16 says, for the Lord himself. Jesus isn't going to send a representative. It's not just going to be angels, though they'll be following the Lord, no doubt. But Jesus himself is coming back. And when he comes back, the reality is there's going to be a large amount of people that are very unhappy to see him. And then there's going to be another group of us who are very happy. And the thing that I, I, I say with my family members and I say it with my friends and people that, that know me, it's, look, if I'm wrong about the entire Christian process and none of it's real, and then all I've done is live a life of, with peace and grace and mercy, but if I'm right, you're going to have some problems. And I say that to the unbelievers. <laughs> you're going to have a pretty, pretty tough time of it. Not me, you are. And so the idea behind this is to understand that the Lord is coming back. And the encouragement from Paul is do not 
lose this part of your hope. Do not lose this part of your, uh, of your mindset. There is a resurrection taking place. You're going to see all these people that you have read about, that you, that you know about, you know, all the way from Adam, all the way to the Apostle John. You're going to go, wow. Look at this. Oh, look, there's this. Oh, look, there's Samson. Wow. I mean, you're going to just be so blessed. And you're going to engage with the people of God. But most importantly, you're going to engage with Jesus Christ. And, you know, when I talk to people and ask them, you know, we get in these friendly conversations, they talk about, you know, what it is that they're most looking forward to, like when they see the Lord and so on and so forth. And a lot of people have told me, I don't know if this is true for all of you or not. I know it's true for a lot of you. That a lot of people have said to me, the one thing I can't wait till when the Lord comes back is for him to hug me and just hold me and just you know, remind me how much he loves me. And it's just like, that's so cool. What a great hope that is, that there's going to come a point where all the other stuff, it's gone, it's done, forget it. Forget about paying the bills. Forget about trying to not offend people. Forget about the darkness coming in. Forget about depression. Forget about discouragement. All that comes to an end. And it ends through the the return of Jesus Christ. It's over. Now, the ultimate hope of the church isn't, we wouldn't, you wouldn't say it's the rapture in essence. You would say it's getting together with Jesus again. And if that takes place, rapture and it's premillennial, you know, predispensational, fine, who cares? But if that's a bit, it's getting back with Jesus face to face. That's the hope of the church. That's what drives us. Because guess what? There are no bones. There is no tomb. There is nowhere to point. How Jesus left it is he ascended to the Father. You would be looking for the Lord? Look up. And then he said the way that he left, the angel said, that's the way he's coming back. Like, all right. How cool is that? Right? That's awesome. All right. I get into this stuff. I don't know if you guys figured that out or not, but I kind of like it. All right. Uh, The question, what idol did Aaron craft for the Israelites to worship? The answer would be a golden calf. A golden calf, which uh, many people would think seems like a strange thing to want to worship. Much more likely something you want to, you know, I don't know, barbecue, whatever the case may be. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we don't want to have anything that gets in between us and God so that when Jesus does come back, it's just it's just that much better and that much more of a blessing. All right. I'm going to take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life it feels like I've been running. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. 
no quid pro quo, nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Before we pray and before we get going, it's important for you to understand kind of where I'm coming from. A lot of you who, uh, those of you that were in the first service are going, oh no, here comes that joke again. Uh, Wrong, it's a different joke, so we'll go with that. Let's understand that being born and raised Jewish and becoming a Christian is very simply understood for all of you. That means two Jews, three opinions. If you can't figure that out, you're going to have a tough time the rest of this time. So let's talk about that perspectivism, what I learned growing up. There was a lady, and she was on a bus, and she was sitting next to a guy. And she turns over to the guy, and she taps him, and she goes, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, mister, mister, are you Jewish? And he goes, no, no, I'm not. She goes, okay, thanks. Going a f- further down, she taps him, and she goes, excuse me, excuse me mister, she goes, are, are you Jewish? He goes, no, uh, I'm not Jewish, but thank you for asking. I appreciate that. They go a little further down, and she taps him again. She goes, excuse me, one more time, mister. Are you sure you're not Jewish? He goes, no, I am not Jewish. I am not. She goes, okay, fine, fine. A little further down, she taps him again. She goes, are you really sure you're not Jewish? He goes, fine, fine, I'm Jewish. She goes, funny, you don't look Jewish.